Hello and welcome to the do's and don'ts of technology integration. My name is Maria Stiegel and we're going to go over some great tips of how to integrate technology and use it in the best way possible. Let's get going. So in this time of COVID and distance learning slash hybrid learning slash virtual learning, many schools are having to adapt to new technologies, programs, and resources in order to serve all students in our very unprecedented school year. As classrooms begin to change and adapt, there are some do's and don'ts you may want to follow in order to make it a smooth integration for teachers and students alike. Let's start with some don'ts or things that you may want to avoid when integrating this new technology. So number one, don't simply copy. If it's a worksheet, posting it digitally will still make it a worksheet. A boring worksheet is still pretty much a boring worksheet even on a computer. Many teachers I know would simply do what they were doing, but they do it on a computer. Don't copy the wheel. Reinvent the wheel. There can't really be progress unless there is some kind of advancement. Number two, don't use technology just because you have to. I love technology as much as the next person, but I'm not only gonna use it just because it happens to be there. Some projects and assignments are made to not necessarily use technology, and that's okay. Just because it's there doesn't mean you have to use it all the time. Use it when it's the best version of the lesson or activity. Some of the best classrooms find a great balance between paper and digital. They can be used together and in the same classroom. They don't necessarily have to be independent of each other. Number three, don't use it as a babysitter or game console when they're in school. So this one I see in my classroom all the time. Kids love to play snake or solitaire. And instead of just doing it on their breaks, they do it during lessons. Instead, I try to keep the technology for educational purposes. Students will start to take advantage of this at school and get confused as to the original purpose of the technology if they are playing games all the time. Again, that original purpose is education. However, don't get me confused as to saying avoid games. I love games. And educational games are a great way to incorporate that interest from the students. Try to get students to see it as less as a tool for solitaire and more as a tool for GimKit reviews. Number four, don't just tell teachers to use an application and then walk away. Teachers, just like students, will need instruction when it comes to new ideas. Teachers need help and support so that they not only understand how to use it, but then they can become creative and utilize it to the best of its ability. Also, it's important to follow up and check on a teacher's progress. If the teacher is struggling and no one seems to be checking to help, or if they're even using technology, they won't necessarily see a point in continuing with it. In this way, some of us are very similar to our students. It's important to have that support, to have those check-ins, and not to just say here and do it. And number five, which I find to be one of the biggest important ones, 
Don't expect change to happen overnight. That can cause major frustration. The best we can expect from teachers integrating technology is a slow integration. Teachers may need to start with one assignment at a time before they create a catalog of technology-enhanced lessons for the classroom. Slowly over time, real growth and change can take place. If we look at where we started in our education professional careers and where we are now, it should look very different. Quite frankly, the world just now within the last 10 months looks extremely different. When looking back, our actual accomplishments and the things that we have learned over the years looks innumerable. So going on to the do's, I always like to end on that positive note. So number one, do keep the focus on instruction and learning. Don't overly focus on the technology equipment, but on the learning process. Does it streamline the process? Does it slow it down? Does it make any difference? Do the students seem engaged in working? There is no point in using the most advanced tool in the world if it doesn't work for your classroom. So make sure it's not about the tool, it's about the learning. Number two, do expect mistakes. They will happen, but it also means that growth is happening. Sometimes certain technologies will work for one specific lesson or subject, but not necessarily another. Sometimes we learn better through mistakes on how to create meaningful and exceptional lessons and activities. In order to make it work better, sometimes we got to see what didn't work first. Three, do be creative. Try something new and different. Let the students take the wheel and see what they can come up with. A lot of our students have grown up in this technological culture. They sometimes have far more creative outcomes than we can come up with. This also kind of goes along with number two. You will make mistakes, things will not work, and it will not go as planned. Again, that is okay. Keep trying and keep experimenting. Use that, those creative juices. Number four, communication and instruction. It's really important to communicate what is happening in the classroom with teachers, students, and parents. Everyone should be on the same page as much as possible. That'll help you to get that instruction in the class and to get that instruction when they're at home with their parents. Introduction to new technologies is needed in order to enhance instruction. Just as you shouldn't just tell a teacher to use technology, you can't do the same with the students. Students need instruction on basic function before they feel comfortable enough to explore. And number five, Use the tool. I know this kind of sounds like a duh, but it is important to test out the tool yourself. It reminds me of one of my first years of teaching. My principal said that when she would make a math test, she would go back and take the test herself. She'd like to see how long it would take her, if her directions made sense, or if she had missed anything that she knew she needed to include. I started to do the same with my own tests. It was one of the best ways to learn how to create assessments and to help my students when taking theirs. I was experiencing along with my students. We were doing it together. 
It's the same thing with these technological resources. I should be able to go in and play with it myself. And then that way, when the students get in there, I can help navigate them to where they want to be or how to use the tool. And again, we will be doing it together. So those are my do's and don'ts of technology integration. There are tons more than just those five that I came up with. But the best thing to do is to take the tool, do your best with it, and have fun with it. If you're having fun, the students are going to have fun. If you can get engaged, the students will definitely get engaged. And again, don't feel overwhelmed by the process. Do it step by step to where you're both feeling comfortable and to where it becomes a natural part of your classroom. I hope you enjoyed my podcast and have a wonderful day.